turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a new study in the Word. And in fact, this new series is called The Word. The Word of God is not just a source of learning, but a source for life. If you want to know the way, the truth, and the life, it's in the Word. But you have to listen not just the words on a page, it's the author of the word. And he wants a relationship with you and it's right in front of you. He's knocking on the door of your heart today. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. It's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. The message today is called A Heart to Hear. It's in this series called The Word. Sean starts off in Matthew chapter 13. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. We're in a series called The Word, because one of the things the Lord has put in my heart as lead pastor at River City is for all of us to be people who are growing in our interaction with God's Word. That's my desire as a pastor, because I really believe if we do that, you can't help. If you're a person who listens for the Word, and you're in the Word of God, and you're wanting to hear what God says, and wanting to do what God says, that simple thing right there. You can't help but grow spiritually. It is one of the high, highest correlation. The research shows that there's nothing else that contributes to a mature believer than a regular habit of listening for God's voice in the word of God and then walking out what God says. Let me pray for us as we get started this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what it means to us, the gift that the scriptures and how you speak through them by your Spirit, how you inspired them, how you gave them to us, and how your Spirit brings them to life as we read and as we meditate and as we live. Thank you for that. I pray that you'd speak to us today through your Word and that we'd hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember last week we started out, and we were actually in Matthew chapter 4. We talked about the temptation of Jesus Christ, and we saw... Jesus made a statement. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we saw that the word is not just a source of learning, but the source of life. We can sometimes treat this, remember we showed different books, we can treat this like an encyclopedia for information. Or we can treat it like a children's storybook. Oh, how quaint, oh, how cute. Or like a car manual. Oh, I'm in trouble, I gotta find something. And that's not what it is at all. We saw it is God-breathed. It is God's word, given by his spirit, guided and protected by his spirit, and brought to life by his spirit in the life of the believer. The word is not just a source of learning, but the source of life. And what's interesting is people respond differently when confronted with the word. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 this morning. If you want to have your Bibles, why don't you turn there? Whether it's electronic, you can get the notes in the app, or 
uh, at reallife.org, and we, you can follow along on the notes, and we have those scriptures there for you. But um, I encourage you always to have your own copy of scripture so you can go back and find these and kind of engage with them more after the message. We're going to be in Matthew 13, but in Matthew 12, it, we see some things that lead up to what happens in Matthew 13. Jesus is criticized. The kind of the, the opposition is starting to ramp up. He's accused of violating the Sabbath. He's accused even of being demon-possessed, of leading from a very different place. Asked for signs to prove who he is. And according to Mark, his own family comes because they think he's crazy. Really. If you think you're the only one whose family thinks is crazy, Jesus Christ, his family came to collect him because they're like, oh my gosh, he's out of his mind. So all this stuff is happening Opposition is stepping up, and what you're seeing is kind of these two camps emerge. They're all hearing Jesus Christ, the Word of God, spoken through him. And this kind of two, these two kind of paths begin to emerge. His disciples, obviously, had chosen to follow him. They left everything. They believed he was the Messiah. So this growing divide is bigger. Those who see him for who he is, those who don't. I think today we still have very different responses to Jesus. And that's the setting that we have in Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to begin at verse 1. Here's what the word says. That same day Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. He told them many things in parables. That's the first time we're introduced to him, his teaching in parables. You know, in the study of Scripture, we're taught a principle called the law of first mention. And that law of first mention is significant. And we're going to see that. We're going to see that not only do we hear a parable from Jesus, but we get to hear why he teaches in parables. He told them many things in parables, and then they, Matthew gives us one, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose and were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then he says this in verse 9. I think this is a key passage, key verse for this whole section of Scripture. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. And we all go, well, I got two right here. We're going to find out he's saying something more than that. Well, then his disciples came to him. This is a common thing. They tell this thing, and the disciples are being spiritual guys, and this is what we spiritual guys do. When someone else is teaching, we're like, hmm, yes, oh, that's very good, that's very good. And then the disciples come to him afterwards, what were you talking about, Jesus? I didn't get it. His disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them, these people, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. I want to suggest to you that for a good group, a percentage of those people there, what Jesus was really saying has not been given yet. But there's another group where he's like, no, it hadn't been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance 
but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. This is from Isaiah chapter 6 that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear. With their eyes they have closed, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. And you're like, why is Jesus saying, I'm, spe- I'm speaking in code so that they don't get it? Like, why is he speaking at all then? What he's talking about very specifically is the religious people of his day, his people, Israel, they had rejected him. They had rejected God's prophets. They had rejected his word. And now in chapter 12, you saw they were rejecting Jesus. They were saying, and we want a sign. Wait a minute, you're speaking, this is from the devil. All these different opposition, all these things, that's who he's talking about here. And when he says, to the one who has, it'll be taken, they'd been given everything. They understood the word. They'd been given all the teaching of God's plan, his redemption. They'd heard it all, and they were rejecting it. And he's saying, it's going to be taken from them. And to him who doesn't have, he'll give even more, get even more, so he has an abundance. And I want to suggest that's the whole other group of people who were there because they were hungry for truth. They were hungry for something. And then he says to the disciples, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and didn't see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. He's talking about the Messiah, him and the gospel, the fulfillment of God's plan of redemption. But then he goes on And he kind of answers their second implied question. Why do you speak in parables? And what the heck are you talking about when it comes to the seeds and the soils and all the stuff? He says, hear then the parable of the the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand that the evil one comes away, snatches away what's been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and in another thirty. What I want us to understand in this parable is that Jesus is talking about hearing. And he's talking about hearing the word. This whole story is about hearing, how we hear. That's why verse 9 is so critical. He who has ears, let him hear. So you have a group of people who were either unwilling or unable to understand what Jesus was saying, and they are rejecting him. You have another group of people who is hungry, and they hear Jesus. They see something different. Man, he's not like the other religious leaders. There's a compassion in what he says. He talks about Father with this kind of unusual intimacy and this insight into Father's heart like he knows him personally. And they want more of that. They're thirsty. Talked about this thirst for the word. You have these two groups of people. It's all about why are some hearing and why are others not. Now let's take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called A Heart to Hear. It's in the series called The Word. 
which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, A Heart to Hear. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. The idea of a parable is a story that teaches a lesson. And it literally is made up of two words that mean to throw alongside. So he's talking about something they understand. They understand agriculture. They understand seeds. They understand soils, right? Everybody understands that. But he's really talking about how we receive the word of God, something very deep, something very spiritual, something they need to have their eyes open to. And he does it in this parable. He throws these two things alongside one another. And people hear it and understand. Carrying the word is compared to a seed taking root and growing. I want to suggest this is so timely for us because as we talk about the Bible and getting into the word, some of you are like, oh, okay, it's, I guess it's January. It's that time of year. We should be talking about that. Sean, if you'll also do a series on exercise and diet, we'd appreciate that too. Right? I mean, that's kind of how we feel. It's like, oh, okay, it's good for me. You know, I'll take my medicine. But a lot of people just feel that way because when they open the Bible, it's like, man, might as well not have translated it. It's all Greek to me. Like, I, don't, I don't understand, and I, I don't get anything, and I fall asleep. I want to suggest to you this parable is really good news. This message is really good news. Because if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. The secret to hearing the word is how you prepare the soil. That's what Jesus is saying. I don't think what he's saying, you know, we sometimes see those, those prophecies from Isaiah, and he's like, well, he's just throwing it out because most people aren't supposed to understand or hear it. Secret code for those in the club. Oh, no, I don't think that at all. I think the difference is what's in the heart and how the soil has been prepared. That's how you improve your hearing, your understanding, your listening to the Word of God. As you read, what kind of soil are you bringing to the Word? What kind of soil is the, is the seed finding when it falls on your heart and on your soul and on your spirit? See, the soil is the heart of the man, of the woman. And I think of this story, it's really interesting, and, and you know, we, we can learn a great deal here. Jesus reveals three significant enemies of hearing and understanding the word. Those are rejection, hardness, and distraction. Rejection, hardness of heart, and distraction. Those three things are kind of the enemies that he chooses to expose in this 
particular parable. A couple things that we can draw from this, and I want us to kind of focus in on this morning. First thing is many people can't hear because they just don't want to. Many can hear because they don't want to. And, th- and that first enemy is rejection. See, the seed along the path, it's not even in the field. You notice that? It's not in the field. And the word is rejected because it contradicts the worldly truth that this particular listener has built their life on. There are people who, when they come and hear the word of God, they, they just can't get past the fact that that's, just, that's so opposite of how I live my life and the things I hold dear and because they're not, they're not in the field. I want to suggest if you're living in the world and you're walking by worldly principles, and that's where you're at, and you're content with that, and when you have a financial issue, worldly principles are what you, you go to. When you have a relational issue, I'm going to worldly principles. When you're building your family, you're building your profession, you're building your house, you're building everything, it's all worldly principles. Do you understand the word won't even make sense to you? Because it will absolutely contradict everything that you've built your life on and are comfortably walking in. It seems like foolishness to you because it goes against everything that you have built your life on. That's why Jesus illustrates with the birds. Because this particular individual, the seed never even goes in their heart. It's instant. Never takes any root. It is just rejected. The enemy. What's the enemy? We're talking about the actual, we have a spiritual enemy. The world. The flesh. Those are the enemies of the word and the kingdom being built in our lives. It's immediate loss because of rejection. See, the word of God is sown and people go, well, that's just wrong. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Is that even relevant? Because why would someone be here in church and not believe the word or not want to hear the word, not want to grow in the word? You'd be surprised how many people are in the church but not in the kingdom. And how many people is a habit? I grew up in church. I always go to church. My mom makes me. My wife makes me. My husband makes me. Somebody else makes me. And so I'm here. I'm here making someone happy. Look at me. Just listen. Sean is droning on. Blah, blah, blah. You think he's going to end early today? No, that never happens. So I got zero chance of that. Will anybody notice if I put my AirPods in? I mean, really, there's a lot of people. And there's people even who come to church and like, well, it's the right thing to do. It's the good thing to do. I want to be a good person. I'm no heathen. I'm an American. So I'm going to go to church. Or they figure, hey, I'm going to get my kids in church because I don't want them to be little heathens and hellions. I want them to get some good. I had a guy one time say to me, I need to get my kids some church learning. I'm like, that's not the only learning you need. <laughs> Didn't say that. But yeah, there's this thing of the, you know, the kid, we, we got to do it for the kids, okay? We're married, we got this little kid, what are we going to do with them? Well, let's take them to church, they could teach them right and wrong. All kinds of reasons why people might be in the church, but not in the kingdom. And when that person hears the word, because they haven't yet even decided, I need anything or I want anything, it's like, oh, okay. And they just evaluate it based on all the worldly wisdom that they've accumulated and that they live their life based on. And honestly, doesn't even make sense. It seems like foolishness. See, Romans 1, 19 through 23 addresses this. It says, what can be known about God is plain to them, the people of the world. Why? Because God has shown it to them. Think about that. 
What can be known about God is plain. And this is talking about the worldly people who have rejected him. It's plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power. His divine nature has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made. So they're without excuse. That's why when people tell me, show me your evidence of a creator, I'm just like, how about the creation? Would that be evidence? I give you the world. Well, I'm sorry, that's naive. Really? I mean, it, it, what the word is saying is, wait, look around. You know at that time when you're out and you're in a beautiful mountain setting and it's just so beautiful it takes your breath away, the lake is crystal blue, the air is cool and crisp, and it's just this most incredible thing, and you want to give thanks to someone because you know this isn't an accident. That's what he's saying. He's saying, so there without excuse... And then he goes on and says, for though, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. In other words, they, they had this evidence. They could see the work of his hand, but they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. He's talking about our tendency to worship anything but God. Many can't hear because they don't want to, and they, they just have rejected. So if you're, you're listening, maybe there's, maybe there's an uncomfortable ring of truth to that, and you're like, okay, how can you change that soil? What can I do about that? How can I change the, the soil when, when I realize the soil in my heart isn't even in the field? It's like the hard ground on the side of the road. I want to suggest the answer is pretty simple. If that's you, you've got to get in the field. You've got to get in the field. Many in the church aren't in the kingdom. And I want to say to you this morning, you can get in the field, whether you're here in person, whether you're following along online or through our live stream, listen on the radio, wherever you're, you're hearing this. You can make the decision today, you know what? I've been kind of flirting with this. I've been dancing around the issue. I'm going to make the decision to follow Jesus. I'm going to get in the field. And the key to getting in the field is faith. See, it's real simple. You've got to choose to believe Jesus more than you believe all the other voices. And that's a simple decision. Decide today to renounce the world system and to follow Jesus. The simple is repenting of our sin. God, I need you. I need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I'm lost without you. Repent of your sin and turn and say, I want you, Jesus. I accept your gift on the cross for my sin. See, our sin creates a death penalty. The wage of sin is death, the Scripture says. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why. Why Jesus? Because he paid the penalty. Justice is satisfied in the cross while mercy then is extended to you and I. God is just and he is merciful all in the same motion. And it's beautiful. What you need to do today is say, yes, I want Jesus. I don't want to lead my own life anymore. I want to follow Jesus. And you can tell him that today. Lord, I'm a sinner. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the gift of the cross. I need you. Please forgive my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my leader. And help me to follow you every day. I want to be a follower, not in word, but with my whole life. I trust you. And I believe you more than I believe the lies all around me. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer, you are a follower of Jesus now because he heard that and he takes that seriously. The secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. Get in the field. Second reason Jesus highlights that many won't hear is because hearing involves risk. Hearing involves risk. See, the second enemy is hardness, and a hard heart won't risk change. It won't risk change. Remember what verses 20 and 21 said? It talked about the rocky soil. It receives the word with joy. But when trial or persecution or any hardship comes, it falls away because it doesn't have any roots. It's like you want the good news, you want heaven, but you're not willing to alter your life at all. It's like, yeah, I want, I want Jesus to be my Savior, but I, I don't really want him to change anything. See, repentance means, the, the, the core of salvation is repentance. And if you don't want change, you are not repentant. That's what that means. Because repentance means I recognize, I'm walking along doing life, I recognize I'm a sinner. My way is hurting me, it's hurting God, it's hurting others, and I need to turn. That's what repentance means, to turn. So if you're saying, well, I want heaven, I want the good news, but I don't want to change, that's the definition of a hard heart that's not repentant. And see, Jesus says that kind receives the word with joy, but the minute hardship or hard decisions, persecution, trials come, it falls away because there's no root. That's the thing about rocky ground. It looks great on the surface, doesn't it? It looks great until you put a shovel into it. And then anybody who's ever had to dig in rocky soil is like, oh. But I'll tell you what, if you want to plant anything in rocky soil, you better dig deep. You better get your, your bar for breaking the rocks so that you can create a big enough space to put soil, soft soil, and let that plant you're trying to plant grow. If you don't, it'll look great for a while. The flowers I buy at the grocery store for my wife, they look great for a while, but they always die because they're not in the ground. They don't have any roots. Well, that's what happens to shallow soil. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio, and if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Word, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact page, or even better, Your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find that Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. That's Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.